Frank Sinatra, transcribed as Rocky Fortune. Frank Sinatra, starring as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. myself a new job last week, again. Inside talker on a Manhattan sightseeing tour. Grant's tomb, Chinatown, the Empire State Building. Brother, I've been. The place that really gets me, though, is the Museum of Ancient History. Man, they got dead people laying all over that joint. Some of them in mummy cases 5,000 years old. Now, I don't object to a few old corpses, but they tried to embalm a fresh one named Rocky Fortune. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you will note, we are progressing up Central Park West, and on your right is the largest civic park to be found inside a city the size of New York. The bus will stop at the famous Museum of Ancient History next, where we'll take an hour or so to explore the finest collection of natural, um, nature ever collected, including the Hall of Man, the Egyptian Wing, the mummies of the ancient pharaohs, as well as several of the daddies, <clears throat> and the wildlife exhibit of, um, uh, wildlife. Any questions? Yeah, I got a question. Shoot. How long you been conducting this tour? Well, as a matter of fact, lady, this is my first time around. Yeah, that's what I thought. All my life I ain't been inside a museum even, so I finally decide, Linda Kugelman, it's time for a little culture. So what happens? I get a dodo. Well, it's life, kid. You got to take your chances, but I'll do what I can to liven up the tour. That kind of enlightenment I can live without. <clears throat> Any more questions? I'd like to ask a question, if I may. Anything, uh, yeah, sugar. Is it true that they all have real dead people inside them there sarcophagizers at the museum? Yeah, that's right, sugar. Wow, that's scary. Well, Acme Guided Tours guarantees to protect its clients at all times, sweetie. And seeing that there are only three clients on this tour, why, uh, I'll take special care that nothing happens to you. Hey, kid. Yes? Ixnay on the eye gay, which means look out for wolves. If you mean Mr. Fortune, our guide. Well, I'm sure he's a gentleman, aren't you, Mr. Fortune? Well, it's up for grabs, but I'll try. Uh, Mr. Fortune? Uh, Colonel Portis? Being in the oil business back in Waco, I'm naturally interested in the natural formations in this part of the country. Hmm, naturally. Can you tell me, sir, what that formation over that way might be? Well, if you mean the blonde walking down the street, Colonel, that is a product of the Ice Age. And if you mean the rock-like structure behind her... That's a public washroom in Central Park. Oh, boy, you should be on television. You're a scream. Yeah, thanks, Sadie. I was on the radio once, and my mom made me get off. I was scratching the top. Yuck, yuck, yuck. All right, everybody. Everybody out. Museum of Ancient History. Please wear your green tags and follow me. <laughs> We all pile out of the bus, and I lead the way into the museum, wondering how I'm going to fumble my way through the next hour. Right behind me is the cute little blonde from the land of cotton. Behind her is the redhead from Brooklyn, and bringing up the rear is Colonel Porches. Handlebar mustaches trailing like banners. The first place we breeze through is the Egyptian wing. 
Now, if you folks will all step over this way, we have a genuine example of a rock job brought over from Egypt, which is called, according to the guide pamphlet, a monolith from the Temple of Osiris. Follow me, please. Uh, just a minute. Sir? Where's Linda, the redhead from Brooklyn? Why, she was with us when we went inside that scary old King Pharaoh's tomb back there. Well, I haven't seen her since we came in here, come to think of it. Uh, I'll give her a blast. Hey, redhead! Perhaps we'd better conduct a searching party. Look, I'll go back to the tomb. Colonel, will you take a look in the hall of man? And honey... Yes? You better stay right here in case she comes along. We'll all meet back here in five minutes. Let's go. I go back to the tomb of King Tut, uh, Amon, or whatever his name is, and walk inside. The place is as empty as Santa's bag the morning after Christmas. I'm just about to leave when I see what looks like a piece of red silk sticking out of a stone sarcophagus that's up against the wall. I go over and give the cover a heave. Inside is the body of Linda Kugelman, stone dead. I turn around to go for the gendarmes just in time to feel a ton of concrete descend on the back of my skull. like Moses and the bulrushes. Oh. He seems to be reviving. I'll get some ice for him. Oh. oh, who dropped that pyramid on me? Easy, boy. You'll excuse the expression, but where am I? The office of the curator. This young lady is Miss Fabian, the curator's secretary. How are you all feeling, boy? Like I've been sanferized. I like to thought you all was dead when I came bunky-to-bunking in that there tomb. Speaking of dead, did you see the body? You all was stretched out like a wet cone. Not my body, Colonel. Linda Kugelman's. The redhead? She was inside that sarcophagus, that, that trunk in there, dead. The poor man was hurt worse than we thought. I'd better call the doctor. Hold it, miss. This is no dream. I saw that body inside the sarcophagus. Well, we'd better open it and have a look. We'd better not disturb anything. I think we ought to send for the law, son. Good. Let's have the phone. Hello, Sergeant Hamilton Finger, please. Yeah, I'll wait. Hello, Sarge. Rocky. Uh-huh. I got a corpse. In King Tut's tomb. No, it ain't a Halloween joke. It's over at the Museum of Ancient History. Yeah, get your fat feet over here. I'll see you. I spend the next few minutes nursing my noggin until Sergeant Finger flippers in the curator's office. We all head for the tomb of King Tut. You sure this dame is in there? I saw with my own eyes, Sarge. Okay. Who was she? The name on her tour ticket said Linda Kugelman. What'd she look like? Like she'd been around more than once. This the spot? Right in here. You all don't mind if we don't go in, Sergeant. It's scary. You wait here. Let's go, Rock. That's it, Sarge. Inside that stone coffin there. Open the lid. Right. Holy smokes. Linda Kugelman. Girl mummy, huh? I swear she was in that coffin not more than 15 minutes ago. This guy's been in there 15,000 years by the looks of him. Somebody moved her. Rocky, old man, this may come as something of a blow to you. But one more crazy trick like this and I'm going to put you in the closet. It's no joke, Sarge. You bumped your head on the stone and thought you saw a body. Now forget it. Come on. 
is she, uh, I mean? There's nothing there but a mummy. Go home, all of you. You mean Miss Linda just vanished? But where? Maybe she's hiding in your mustache, Uncle. Okay, Rocky, now you remember what I said. One more false alarm and I'll throw the book. By this time, I'm beginning to wonder myself if I really saw a body in that box. I gave another yodel for Linda Kugelman, but she doesn't show. So I hustle handlebars and honey back into the sightseeing wagon. As I get the motor started, things begin to happen. Okay, honey? Yes. Ready, Colonel? Ready, son. Next stop, Grant's tomb. Just a minute, Mr. Fortune. What now? I think I found Miss Kugelman's pocketbook stuck way down here in the seat. Oh. Let's have a look. Right here it is. I guess she won't mind if we open it to find out where she lives. Well, well, look at this stack of letters all wrapped in nice, pretty red ribbon. Son, I think you all had better hand those letters over to me. Now, just a minute, Pop. I said hand them over, boy. This ain't no bubble pipe I'm holding against your head. Yeah, I heard you good. You wouldn't be the gentleman who stuffed Linda's body in that mummy case, would you? The letters, boy. Be my guest. Thank you. Anything else? Just loan me the bory of your little bus. Hey. I'll just take it a few blocks and leave it, son. You won't get in no trouble. Now, if you and the young lady will kindly step out. <sighs> Better do like the man says, honey. Well, I do declare. I never expected a southern gentleman to act like this. Step down, ma'am. Thank you. Buenas noches. I'll leave the bus a few blocks down. <sighs> Honey and I stand there like a couple of outfielders watching one sail over the fence while Colonel Lucius Porches drives away in Ackerman's dinky little sightseeing bus. What now, Mr. Fortune? That's a good question, and I wish I had an answer. As long as we're here at the museum, supposing we finish our tour. As a matter of fact, baby, that's not a bad idea. Something tells me our friend Colonel Porches had something to do with Linda Kugelman's recent demise. And the removal of her body, too. <laughs> We hustle back into the museum and I start looking around for one fresh corpse, which is not an easy thing to locate in a place the size of a museum. But, Mr. Fortune, we've already been in the Pharaoh's tomb. I know, baby, but if that body was moved, it was moved from here. So let's have a look around. It just doesn't seem possible that somebody carried a dead lady through the holes without somebody remarking about it. Yeah, you're right there. Unless there's another entrance to this little old tomb. Uh-huh. My goodness, they must have a place there so a party can breathe. Air conditioning. Baby, don't ever let anybody tell you you're dumb. What are you doing? Just going to have a look behind the vent in this air conditioning pipe. Oh. Yeah, oh, that's all right. Whoever killed her came back, conked me and stuffed the body in that air vent. Come on. Where to? The curator's office. I want to make a phone call to my pal Sergeant Finger. Yes. Uh, pardon me, my name's Fortune, Rocky Fortune. Oh, yes. My secretary told me. You're the young man with hallucination. That's right. My name's Deems, curator of ancient art. What can I do for you? Call the cops. My hallucination is laying in the air vent with a broken head bone. Are you serious? Take a look for yourself, if you don't believe me. I certainly intend to. You mind if I use the phone while you're gone? Help yourself. Operator, give me the police headquarters. Make it fast. 
finger is there in less time than it takes to say Pithecampapu erectus. And we head for the tomb of King Tut once again. You say she's in the air, man, huh? So help me, Sarge. Ask Honey here. Well? There she was, as big as life. I was never so scared in my whole life. The curator's in there now. Okay, let's go on in. Oh, I see the police have arrived. Sergeant Finger, Mr. Deems. Sergeant, I regret all the confusion this, this unfortunate man here has caused. Skip the apologies. Let's see the corpus delecti. Of course, that's just the point, Sergeant. There is no corpus delecti. What? Hey, are you kidding? You can see for yourself. This airway is perfectly empty. Fortune. Sarge, I tell you, Fortune, you're coming with me. Now, look, maybe we call somebody in for a search. Nobody gets called, Fortune. You're mine. Sarge, Hamilton, control yourself now. I'm going to lock you up, Fortune. You need a charge. Not in jail, Fortune, in the booby hatch. I'm telling you. You're telling me nothing. Now, come on. Anything you say, Sarge. Only before we go. Yeah. You ever been locked in a tomb? Not recently. Well, I got news for you. Locked in one now. Hey, grab him. The door. Let me go. Come on, open up the door. Bye now. I slam the steel fire door shut and take off down the Egyptian wing like Pharaoh with the frogs after him. I hear Finger get the door open again and his delicate brogans come pounding down the marble in hot pursuit. Arguing with his Stone Age Dick Tracy is like flagging down a bomber. So I duck into the nearest exhibit, which happens to be the Hall of American Indians. They got a dugout canoe there, 50 feet long, paddled by a gang of wax Indians. I jump in, toss an Navajo blanket over my shoulders, and make like I'm stroking the Carlisle crew. He came down this way. Fortune! Fortune, come on out! He must have gone further. Come on, he can't get far. Finger and the curator head for the medieval exhibit, and I'm just about to climb out of the canoe when Honey Gal comes in, followed by a couple of little kids on a grammar school outing. Hey, Sammy, look at that! A real war canoe with Indians and everything! Oh, boy! Excuse me, little boys. Have you all seen a nice-looking, dark-haired young man around? Uh-uh, lady. Hey, Sammy, look at that Indian with a blanket on him. Boy, is he funny-looking! You sure you all haven't seen anybody? Uh-uh, lady. Hey, Sammy, dig the ears on that Indian, will you? If you should see him, little boy... Would you tell him that Honey Fairchild is looking for him? Sure, lady. Hey, come on, Sammy. Let's go into the next hall. Oh, 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 they're going to close. Come on. Is that bell in there closing? That's right, lady. Come on, Sammy. Boy, did you ever see an Indian like that one? He, 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 Sammy, let's get out of here. He just winked. Oh, dear. Psst. I beg your pardon. Psst. I'm not in the habit of being addressed by strange northern warriors. If you are... Why, it's Mr. Fortune. I've been looking all over for you, honey. Whatever are you doing in that canoe with those Indians? Well, if you give me a hand, I'll try to... Uh-oh, here comes Finger and Deems. Play dumb. That shouldn't be hard. You must have got out. I don't see how. There are guards at the exits. Oh, here's Blossom, child. You seen your friend Fortune, honey? Why, come to think of it, Sergeant, I did see him. Where? Well, he went through that door there, and then... Well, why don't you two gentlemen come with me, and I'll show you just where he all went. Let's go. Usually, they're really dumb. But every once in a while, you find one who's so good, she can even fool smart people into believing she's dumb. Honey Fairchild was one of those. When she'd led Finger and Deems out of the American wing, I resigned from the tribe and climbed out of my canoe. My first stop was the office of the curator of ancient art, Jeremiah Deems. Something told me that all was not kosher with this kid. Anybody home? Deemsy? No? 
Good. I'll be your guest. Nothing. Nothing. More nothing. Now, why would you keep this drawer locked, Deemsy, old boy? Let's just force it open. And have a look inside. Nothing. Nothing. Something. Hmm. Seems to me I've seen this stuff before. My darling, it's been so long since... Uh Uh-huh. Let's read some more. I know it is wrong for us to see each other, but... You find the contents of my desk interesting, Mr. Fortune? It knocks me out. Anything in particular? Now, don't move. This gun is loaded, and I'm well within my rights to shoot you. It's all very interesting, especially your tour tag with Colonel Porteous on it. Not to mention these letters that Linda Kugelman was using to blackmail you with. Yes, I see you recognize them. I took the liberty of reading a couple. You know, it's a pretty foolish man who writes love letters to a gal like Linda, especially when he's married. Hand them over. Help yourself. You know, it's a pity I had to kill her, but then she wouldn't listen to reason. She bled me white. You really had me fooled with that fake mustache and the phony Texas accent, Colonel. (laughs) Yes, I thought it was rather convincing myself, Mr. Fortune. How did you manage to get Linda to take this tour? Oh, quite easily. I suggested that if she took the tour and brought the letters to the museum, we could meet surreptitiously inside the Egyptian wing, and I'd give her the final payment. Yeah, you gave her the final payment, all right. She wanted $10,000. I thought I was getting off quite cheaply with only a few cents worth of lead pipe. Okay, Deems, you're a big success. You pulled off the Colonel Porteous Act, you knocked off Linda, shuffled her body around so not even the cops can find it, and you got your letters. The only thing you seem to overlook is little old me. Oh, not for long, Mr. Fortune. You see, I have plans for you. I can imagine. Yes, Mr. Fortune. You're going to become a mummy. At my age, Doctor? After I've killed you, you'll be wrapped in mummy dressing and placed inside a sealed stone sarcophagus. Just think, you may not be found for another 10,000 years. Well, at least until next Christmas, anyway. Well, you don't seem particularly worried, Mr. Fortune. I'm not. You see, I've got other plans. Such as? Such as putting out the light and leaving. I managed to knock a lamp off his desk and beat it before he could find the range. All I had to do now was figure a way out. The museum was closed, the lights were out, the doors were double locked, and I didn't have a key. I dove through the first door, which happened to be the medieval exhibit. About a hundred suits of armor, clubs, wooden horses, and shields. I figure I'd play it smart and climb into a bulletproof suit before Deemsy gets there with the artillery. So I manage to squeeze inside a little number designed by Richard the Lionhearted for the Crusades. I pull on the shoulder plate, pull down the visor, and make like a dead Saracen. Fortune? I know you're in here. You may as well give up. You can't get out. It's no use, Fortune. I figure I'll wait him out. But after a few minutes of this, my right arm begins to get tired since I'm holding it up over my head with a 40-pound axe in it. The arm slips down and the elbow joint creaks like it ain't had a shot of oil in a few thousand years. Well, well, you've given yourself away, Mr. Fortune. Let's see now. Would you be inside the 11th century harbor? No. No, not there. Perhaps the 13th century suit of armor. Let's lift the visor and have a look. 
At this point, I figure I'll take a chance the suit is really bulletproof and go after him with a battle axe. Ah, then you must be in the English armor, the Crusades type. You're getting warm, Beamsy. You'll be a lot warmer in a minute because I'm coming after you right now. <laughs> oh, really, Mr. Fortune? Don't you know that armor's so rusted it couldn't possibly move? <laughs> oh, you're trapped like a sardine in a can, Mr. Fortune. Like a sardine in a can. <laughs> try to move, I see that Deemsy's right. I can't budge. I stand there like an iron deer on somebody's front lawn while Deems lifts the visor and pokes his 44 into my bridge work. Uh, your new suit is very becoming, Mr. Fortune. How do you like it? If you'll have your tailor grease up the lapels, I'll wear it home. The tailor's out just now, Mr. Fortune. But after I pull this trigger, you can change it for a wooden one. Right oh, now! Fortune! Hey, Fortune, where are you? Oh, in here, over here. What in the... Rocky, are you all right? I think so. What happened? Miss Fairchild, you convinced me I ought to give the place one more look-see for the redhead's body. I found it in the closet in Deems' office, and we heard the noise and sneaked in here. How's my boy, Deems? Oh, I had to put some lead in him. He ain't so good. Hey, how about getting out of them cast-iron overalls? I'm stuck. No kidding. Sarge, I'm dying in here. Oh, you poor man. Is there anything I can do to ease the pain? Yeah... Come to think of it, maybe there is, sugar. Will you just name it, Rocky? Yeah. Oil me, will you, kid? NBC has presented Frank Sinatra as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. Others in tonight's cast included June Foray, Gloria Grant, Barney Phillips, Dick Beals, and Dan Riss. Tonight's script was written by George Lefferts. Howard Wiley directed. to tell you about next week's transcribed adventure, here's Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune. This ain't exactly the season for Fourth of July celebrations, but next week I'll tell you about the time I almost got to be a Roman candle and the biggest explosion since they took the cork out of Vesuvius. See you around. Millions of people behind the Iron Curtain are victims of vicious lies about the United States. Yes, communism continues to take the initiative in the propaganda war. We must not only stop the spread of communist influence among peoples that are still free, but we must also fight the tyranny of those it has already enslaved. The support of all Americans is needed. The Crusade for Freedom offers each of us as individuals the opportunity to strike a blow for freedom through Radio Free Europe an independent, citizen-sponsored organization which broadcasts the message of democracy through the Iron Curtain every day, hour by hour. Join the crusade by contributing your truth dollar. Send your contribution to Crusade for Freedom in care of your local postmaster. Visit with Fibber McGee and Molly tonight on the NBC Radio Network. <laughs>